And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. It's always good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind, and yesterday afternoon, it was a chilly spring, sunny day in Washington, D.C. Marlins had an opportunity to sweep the Washington Nationals and win their fifth consecutive game, something they did not do in all of 2021. The matchup on the mound, Trevor Rogers went opposite of the veteran left-hander Patrick Corbin. And with the recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. Well, the Marlins do it again. They beat the Nationals 3-2 this afternoon to close out a three-game series sweep. A nice capper on a 5-1 road trip. The Marlins have a five-game winning streak for the first time since early in the 2020 season. They've won 9-13, of 13, and they now head home to Lone Depot Park for the next six with the wind at their back, which is better than what we can say about our uh, vantage point here in Washington in the last three nights where the wind has been very much in our face coming in from left field. Marlins got it done today. Trevor Rogers beating Patrick Corbin in this ball game, although it was the Nationals who struck first in the bottom half of the first inning for the third straight start. Kind of a shaky beginning for Trevor Rogers. He allowed a leadoff single to Cesar Hernandez. Hernandez took second base on a wild pitch. Juan Soto grounded back to the pitcher for the first out. Hernandez had to stay at second base, but then a Peyton Henry pass ball advanced Hernandez to third with one out. And Josh Bell, who has been so far this year the Nationals' best hitter, put Washington in front. The 2-2 pitch, a line drive over first down the right field line. And Fair in there for a base hit. In to score Hernandez, headed for second base Bell. And he's going to beat the throw with a head first dive. An RBI double to make it 1-0 Nats in the first. But then Trevor Rogers will get on the roll. He got Nelson Cruz to ground to short. He struck out Yadiel Hernandez, ending the first inning. He would allow Michael Franco to reach via an error, a throwing error by Brian Anderson in the second inning, but he set down the next three, retired the side in order in the third, did the same in the fourth, pitched around a walk in the fifth inning, and uh, another walk in the sixth, got a double play and made it look pretty easy. And uh, he got on a great roll after that very first inning. Meanwhile, the Marlins were able to tie the game in their half of the third the inning began with a throwing error by the shortstop Lucius Fox that enabled Miguel Rojas to reach second base. But after Brian De La Cruz had a fly ball to left and Peyton Henry struck out, Miggy was still at second base with two outs in the third inning, down by a run. The Marlins needed a big hit, and they got it from John Birdie. One-two to Birdie is in the air out toward left center field. Hernandez racing over, still going. He's not going to get there. It's going to roll toward the warning track. Around third coming home, Rojas. Birdie's digging for third base, and the throw won't be in time. John Birdie slides in safely, and the Marlins take advantage of the error to tie the game at one in the third. That Birdie drive toward the warning track out in left center field was kicked by Victor Robles. That enabled Birdie to get all the way to third base. It was officially scored a double, and an E8 give Birdie a run batted in his first of the season. And we were tied at one in the third. Corbin settled down. We told you that Rodgers was doing his thing. This game stayed 1-1 into the seventh inning. Rodgers done after six, two hits and a run. He walked two, struck out four, threw 91 pitches, 58 strikes. Corbin started the seventh by allowing a double to Brian Anderson. The go-ahead man was at second base. Nobody out. Miguel Rojas squared to bunt. Marlins have not had a sacrifice bunt all season. Miggy was looking for one, but a fastball from Corbin got away. It appeared to hit Miggy in the left ear flap of his batting helmet. Miggy was down at home plate for a while, stayed in the game, but it was a very scary moment here. At that point, Corbin was done after 90 pitches, 62 strikes. 
Victor Arano came out of the bullpen, and with the righty replacing the lefty, we got a pinch hitter. Jesus Sanchez, lefty batter for Brian De La Cruz, trying to snap a 1-1 tie in the seventh. Oh, the right-hander, the 0-1, is a ball pulled past the first baseman. Base hit right field. They're going to wave Anderson. Soto, a strong throw to the plate. It's up the line, though. Anderson scores. Rojas to third. A pinch hit RBI single by Jesus Sanchez. And the Marlins lead for the first time this afternoon, 2-1 in the seventh. At that point, there were runners at first and third with nobody out. Pinch hitter Joey Wendell batting for Peyton Henry. Hit into a fielder's choice. With Sanchez raced at second, 5-4. Miguel Rojas stayed at third. So there were first and third still, but with one out now, and John Birdie was the batter. Birdie shows bunt ball, gets away from the catcher. Miggy breaks through the plate, the flip, and Arano can't handle it. Rojas scores. Down to second base goes Wendell, and it's 3-1 Marlins. The wild pitch brought home an important run. Wind up being the decisive run in this game. John Birdie would get hit by a pitch. He'd steal second, but the Marlins would leave runners at second and third in the inning as Jesus Aguilar popped to short and Jorge Soler grounded out. So it was 3-1 Miami into the bottom half of the seventh inning. Marlins went to the bullpen at that point. Anthony Bass came on, retired the side 1-2-3. Nelson Cruz, a foul ball in the air to the first baseman. Yadiel Hernandez, a fly ball to left. And Michael Franco, a pop-up to second. In the eighth inning of a 3-1 game, Richard Blyer on to pitch, and he got the first two outs pretty quickly, pretty easily. Riley Adams grounded to third, so did Lucius Fox. But then Victor Robles doubled to the gap in left center field, so down by a couple. The Nats had a man on, and the top of the order coming back to the plate, Cesar Hernandez. On 0-1, ball hit in the air to left, going back and over. Soler toward line, it's over his head and off the wall. Around third coming home, Robles. And in at second base with a stand-up double, Hernandez, his second hit in the game. Well, he's gotten hot in recent days. Now eight for his last 20, and it's a 3-2 game in the tying man's in scoring position for Juan Soto. They would pitch very carefully to Soto, who would draw a walk, his second walk in this game. He went just one for eight in the series, though. But at that point, the Nationals had the tying man, Hernandez, at second base, the go-ahead man, Soto, at first base, and Donnie decided to bring the right-hander, Cole Solcer, on to face the switch-hitting first baseman, Josh Bell, and Solcer needed only three pitches to strike Bell out, ending the eighth inning, leaving the tying and go-ahead men on base for the Nationals in the eighth. Now, with Anthony Bender, we assumed unavailable today, having pitched the last two nights, Solcer got a chance to pitch the ninth and try to pick up his first save as a member of the Marlins, didn't start well when he walked leadoff man Nelson Cruz on four pitches. Lane Thomas pinch ran at first base. So the Nationals had speed at first. The tying man on. Nobody on the ninth inning. Yadiel Hernandez hit into a fielder's choice. Thomas was erased at second base. The third baseman Anderson to the shortstop Wendell. 5-6 for the first out. Michael Franco then a dangerous hitter struck out for the second out. So the Nationals down to their final out at the tying man. Yadiel Hernandez at first base. With two outs in the ninth with pinch hitter Cabert Ruiz. The 2-2 pitch. Ground ball into the shift. The second baseman Birdie has it. Throws to first. And the Marlins have swept the Nationals. 3-2 the final this afternoon. For the first time since 2011, the Marlins come to Nationals Park and leave with three straight victories. For Miami, a five-game winning streak and a 5-1 and road trip. A terrific trip for the Marlins. Again, the last time the Marlins swept the three-game series in this ballpark 
was July 26th, 27th, and 28th, 2011. Ricky Nolasco, Javier Vasquez, and Brian Sanchez were the three winning pitchers in that series 11 years ago. Nobody, not one person at Marlins' dugout, was here the last time the Marlins swept the Nationals in a three-game series. If you go back to 2012, when the Nats began their run of five trips to the playoffs in an eight-year span, the Marlins prior to this year had been 26 and 65 in this park between 2012 and 2021. This year, they're three and zero here at Nationals Park after the three-two victory in the series finale. For the Marlins, three runs, five hits, one error, six left. For the Nats, two runs, four hits, two errors. They leave five. Trevor Rogers, the winner for the first time this year, six innings, two hits, one run, walked two, struck out four, 91 pitches, 58 strikes. He's one and three in this season. Patrick Corbin falls to 0-4 despite having his best start of the year. Six innings plus, four hits, three runs, two earned. He walked two, struck out eight, hit a batter, threw 90 pitches, 62 strikes. For Cole Solcer, his 14th major league save, number one as a Marlin. Time of the ballgame, two hours, 46 minutes. So for the Marlins, five straight wins, a 5-1 and one road trip. They've won nine of the last 13 now. They improved to 10-8 and eight on the season. They're 6-5 and five on the road. As for the Nationals, it's an eighth straight loss. They've dropped 10-12. They go 2-8 and eight on a 10-game homestand against Arizona, San Francisco, and Miami. They won the first two on this homestand against the D-backs, but then lost the next two. Then they lost three straight to the Giants and three in a row to the Marlins. An eight-game, winning, an eight-game losing streak during which the Nationals now have been outscored 49-16. to They've scored three runs or fewer in each of the last nine games. The Nationals at 6-15 and overall, and they're just 3-11 and here at Nationals Park. They hit the road now for nine. They go to San Francisco for three, to Colorado for three, then to Anaheim for three. As for the Marlins, they return home to Lone Depot Park, three against the Mariners beginning tomorrow night three against the D-backs Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. 3-2 the final score this afternoon. Marlins pitchers struck out six in this ball game. As you know, if you're a devoted listener, the Marlins and Auto Nation are again partnering here in 2022 to work together and trying to strike out cancer in our community. Every time Marlins pitcher strikes out an opposing hitter this season, the Marlins are going to contribute $25 to Auto Nation's Drive Pink Initiative Six Ks today means another $150 to Auto Nation's Drive Pick Initiative for this season. That's 156 strikeouts now, $3,900 from the Marlins to Auto Nation's Drive Pink Initiative. Marlins edge out the Nationals again. They sweep Washington. They win five in a row. They cap off a terrific six-game road trip in which they win the final five games, win both series, two of three over the weekend against the Braves, and all three against the Washington Nationals. Let's hear from Marlins manager Don Mattingly. Uh, Donnie, obviously, you sweep a team in the National League. We'll get to the game in a second, but an update on Miggy. That was scary there. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, that's when you see Miggy get hit like that, I think that helmet may have saved him. Uh, you know, right there when I end up um, hitting Joey, I knew at that point I was, you know, he he wanted to run. He seemed to let him do that, but I was kind of like, I got to get him out of there just in case, uh, in case something would happen. I'd be down to my last guy, so or I'd be using my last guy. Did working. you talk to him at home plate when uh, he was down? Did he did he talk back talk to you about how he felt? No, I was listening to just watching the trainer work. I think they've pretty much instructed us to stay out of the way on those things so we're not going how you doing and uh, making a decision. He should be the trainer is the one you want making that decision. 
Working backwards a little bit. I mean, Blyer got two quick outs in the eighth, and they got an instant run there pretty quick. Uh, what you see from him, and then I guess Solster to come in, similar to Bender last night, gets you four big outs. Yeah, Richard got two quick outs and looked like they just left a couple, got in a hurry and left a couple balls up in the middle of the plate. Um, and then, like you said, Cole comes in, gets a big out at Bell, uh, and then you know gets us through that last inning. So you got to start with Cruz. You're always nervous. And anytime you walk guys that lead off an inning, it makes you nervous. But uh, yeah, those guys were good again. Uh, Trevor was good all day. I thought Trevor, we you know, if we help him a little bit in that first, he may not give up a run at all today. Uh, but he he seemed to be sharper today. Get his fastball where he wanted to. Uh, got the off speed going too. Jesus comes off the bench in a, a big spot there and comes through the big hit. I mean, you've been talking about that the the depth you guys have, being able to mix and match. Just how, how impressive is that for him to come in cold and uh, come through with a swing like that on not like a pitch kind of down and out of the zone too. No, it, it's nice, obviously, in, in the days we play a lineup like this, you know you're sitting there with three guys that you kind of can pull off the bench and, and try to match up if you get a chance to. And, and that just seemed to be the right spot there. Uh, you know, with Dela, they go right-handed there. So, you know, it seemed like the perfect spot Donnie, you talked about it. Uh, sorry, you talked about it in the pregame about this starting rotation and the foundation you wanted. That's three straight starts with at least six innings for your starters and how much that helps your pen. No, no question. Uh, I think, like, again, I talked about our pins, more of a mix-and-match pins, not like a, you know, three guys at the back that you're going to go to every night uh, if you get a chance. Um, but those guys getting us deep in the game allows those guys proper rest. You know, we've been able to use different guys. We used Okert one night. We used Blyer today. We used Bender last night. We used Solster today. Uh, we're using a lot of a lot of different combinations. So, uh, uh but that's only possible if your starters kind of get you to the right part of the game. You guys didn't have a, a five-game winning streak all of last year. Is that like a kind of a, it's good to be a couple games over 500 this early, but you guys have shown now you can string together wins after wins. Is that almost as important or impressive so far this year? I think you have to. You have to be able to string together wins um, if you're going to go anywhere. And, you, and that shows you that hopefully that our club's getting ready to play every day. Uh, today's a tough day because you get the early start or, you know, after the night games, uh, you've won a couple games. A lot of times it's tough to sweep a team. Uh, guys, you know, tendency to let down a little bit. And it, it's good to, that that we came out there and was able to, to get a win here today. Donnie, have you formed any real firm observations on the way the, the baseball's been performing, either the way it's been coming off of guys' bats or pitchers' ability to control what they say is maybe a slicker? Piece of equipment. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the talk. I don't, I don't really know. Um, it's hard to tell. You're in cold weather. Um, yeah, I just haven't. You don't know if a guy actually. A lot of times the ball takes off. You don't know if he clicks it or hits it good, but that didn't just hit it perfect. So it's hard for me to tell. You know, obviously these guys know more than me. Uh, the pitchers know the feel of the ball, and the hitters know if they've been if they're getting it good and it's not going. But here it was tough because it's cold and, and it's wind it looked like it was blowing in a little bit for the most part. So you don't know if the wind's knocking it down when it gets up high, um, but you hear the talk. That was Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the ball club's 3-2 win over the Washington Nationals yesterday afternoon up in D.C. Before we hear from Cole Solcer, who closed out his first save as a Miami Marlin, we'll take a quick commercial break. Back with the on Marlins Rewind, let's hear from Cole Sulser, who closed out his 14th career save, his first as a Miami Marlin yesterday. 
Okay, Glenn, thank you. Downstairs with Cole Solcer. Cole, you've got 13 Major League saves as far as the Marlins are concerned. Your 14th is your biggest one yet. But congratulations on the win. What's your mentality when you're asked to come on for a four-out save? It's a little different when you got to go back to the bench. Yeah, I mean, you're just trying to keep that same mentality as when you come out of the bullpen straight into the game. I mean, uh, you know, you're trying to fight against wanting to come in here and get too comfortable. So for me, it's about keeping that kind of adrenaline level up a little bit that we can go out there and attack with the same type of intensity that's coming out of the pen. Needless to say, you guys are having fun, but how much confidence does this group of guys have right now? You sweep your division rivals of the National League East. You go home two games over 500. You guys are playing great baseball, great road trip. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, it's great to go back home playing like that, especially long set of games here without an off day. So to come in, sweep these guys, be able to go in, it's great momentum building. I mean, I got to hand it to our starting pitching. They pitched fantastic this series, and, you know, that makes the rest of our job easier. It takes the pressure off the hitters, takes the pressure off the bullpen. I don't think people realize that there's a human element to this game, and when you get traded, you have to mesh with a whole new group of guys. How's that been, Cole, and how's that being here in Miami? Oh, it's great. I mean, it's been a very warm welcome. The guys are fantastic. There's always that little bit of transition, just trying to get to know everyone, but I got to say, they've made it easy. I mean, they're so welcoming. Uh, it's been great coming over here and getting to play for you guys. Speaking of warm, let's get home. Congratulations. We'll see you tomorrow night. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Glenn, thank you, Cole. I appreciate it. That was Cole Sulser after the Marlins 3-2 victory over the Washington Nationals at Nationals Park yesterday afternoon. No rest for the weary. The Marlins are back in Miami at Lone Depot Park tonight, taking on a very good Seattle Mariners ball club. It's a 641st pitch. Matt Brash, the right-hander, he's been pretty darn good for the Seattle Mariners, is on the mound for Seattle. Eliezer Hernandez goes opposite of Brash for Miami. 640 starts, 610 airtime with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you'll find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network. Driven by AutoNation.